Hello, and welcome to the Bite Size Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Shiroki, and today we are going to continue our look at the Law of Moses, also known as the Mosaic Law. So far, we've gone through from Exodus, we've gone through from 20 up through 23, and today we're going to look at Exodus 24. My Spirit-Filled Life, New King James Version Bible, subtitles, a couple sections we're going to look at, Israel Affirms the Covenant, and on the mountain with God. So, you know, there's a majority of these books from Exodus up through Deuteronomy are the law of Moses. There's some small breaks taken here and there, but for the most part, it's laying out exactly how the Jews were to live and serve God and each other, how they were to treat the Lord and to treat each other. So it's important again to, um, to know the entire word of God. Um, this is uh, essential, you know. It, it's amazing how every word in the living word of God is applicable to our lives even to this very day, including the law. Now, don't get me wrong. The law has been completely fulfilled by Jesus Christ. We are not called to practice these things We are not, as Christians, I'm saying, we are not called to live by these laws. But, again, the entire word of God encompasses the entire character of God. So, it's really nice. I'm really enjoying going through these books, these chapters, and getting to know the Lord that much more. You know, Um, I do enjoy... Again, uh, it's there's a lot of wisdom. That, that's the word I guess that I keep um, keeps jumping out at me as I think of these, um, you know, these uh, books and the Mosaic Law. It's just the wisdom that you see in God teaching His people, the Jews, how to live and treat each other. Um, obviously, it's it's divine law. It's perfect. It is um, inspired and given out directly from God to Moses on Mount Sinai. So um, it's a pretty incredible thing. We're going to look here where, um, you know, God brings a couple more people up with Moses to share his instructions and law again in Exodus chapter 24. So without any further ado, let's continue our look at the Mosaic law in Exodus chapter 24. Okay, and like I said, we are going to look today at Exodus chapter 24. We're going to start in verse 1. We're going to work our way through verse 8, in which my uh, spiritual, like New King James Version Bible subtitles this section, Israel Affirms the Covenant. So, here we go. Now he, God, said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come near, nor shall the people go up with him. So Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord has said we will do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord, and he arose early in the morning and built an altar at the feet of the mountain, 
and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. Then he sent young men of the children of Israel, who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half the blood and put it in basins, and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people. And they said, All that the Lord has said we will do, and be obedient. And Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, This is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. So let's look at the notes here for Exodus chapter 24, verses 1 through 8 in my Spirit-Filled Life, New King James Version Bible, where it says, The sealing of the covenant was completed. Moses acted as mediator between God and the people. The dividing of the blood pointed to a twofold aspect of the covenant. Blood splash on the altar demonstrated God's gracious forgiveness in accepting the offering. Blood sprinkled on the people bound them to God. The twelve pillars, or standing stones, represented the twelve tribes of Israel with whom God was making the covenant. So, again, um, you know, basically... um, Moses just explains up to that point, again, the, um, the book of the covenant essentially to the people and then makes a binding covenant with them by sprinkling the blood on the altar as well as the people. And, you know, there's, um, again, bloodshed in redemption of sin also in the, um, the, the bonding of a covenant, if you will. And that's the way of the Lord. That's how he instructed Moses to um, conduct himself and instructed him to, you know, complete the bond of what the Lord was telling him. And it's great to see, you know, when the people heard these things, they were very, it sounds like they were excited and enthusiastic to, comply with everything the Lord was telling them. Um, You know, it reminds, well, you know, it's a great thing. And we'll see that, you know, the Israelites, like anybody else, have their ups and downs in life with just in general, with following the Lord, with um, keeping their covenant with the Lord. And it's a similar picture to what we experience and go through. You know, I mean, we have our ups and downs in our life and our spiritual walk. And, um, you know, the, the important part is that we always come back to the altar. We always come back to and through the blood of Jesus, our sacrifice to God for our uh, covenant with him, the new covenant that we live in now. So, you know, everything we see here is either a foreshadowing of Jesus and what was to come, or it's the the very first acts that build on and up to Jesus eventually showing up here and performing the ultimate and becoming the ultimate sacrifice for our life. Again, Jesus fulfilling the law 
lived out every single thing that is we're going through here. That's another reason why I wanted to go through the law is to see exactly what it meant for Jesus to completely fulfill the law. And as you can see, um, Jesus, he did. He did everything perfectly according to how God would instructed the Jews. Jesus fulfilled and did that perfectly, which when we say he was the perfect sacrificial lamb, he lived a complete, perfect life and in obedience to the point of death to where he was able to actually become the living sacrifice for the world, for the sins of the world. And again, just the way the law explained and exposed what sin was to the Jews, Jesus explained and exposed what sin was to the world. So that's why Jesus is so hated in the world. That's why the world hates Jesus and his people, because they feel extreme guilt. They feel extreme conviction when they see someone not living for themselves, but rather living for the living God and obeying his commandments, following his ways. And again, Jesus, we don't, we are Christians. We were not Jews. We don't follow the law as the Mosaic law, but we follow our Lord because he perfectly fulfilled the law so we can have full confidence that whatever Jesus did and whatever he instructs us to do when he fills us with his Holy Spirit and speaks to us, we can have full confidence that he is speaking in good faith, if you will, to use a modern legal term, meaning that we can have full confidence that what he's telling us to do is of him and in our best interest and his best interest. So never take that for granted. Always recognize, realize that and embrace that and have full confidence that this word of God is exactly that, the living word of God. They're big words. They're big ideas. And they're not just words or ideas. They're fact and reality. So... All right, let's finish up here our look at Exodus 24. We're going to look at verses 9 through 18 next. My Spirit-Filled Life New King James Version Bible subtitles this, On the Mountain with God. Then Moses went up, also Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone. And it was like the very heavens in its clarity. But on the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hand. So they saw God and they ate and drank. Then the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and be there. And I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments, which I have written that you may teach them. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man has a difficulty, let him go to them. Then Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. 
Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. So let's look at the notes here for that section again, Exodus chapter 24, verses 9 through 18. And then we'll go from there. It says, the chief leaders were allowed to see only God's footstool, a worship experience allowing them to have intimate contact, even as Moses had. This would solidify their leadership. He did hand means they survived the ordained intimate experience. Their worship was sealed by a covenant meal. Traditionally, the tablets of stone are thought to have contained the Ten Commandments but this is not clearly stated. If so, this is chronologically before chapter 20. The offering was to be a free will offering of worship from the heart, not a tax that was imposed. Or excuse me, that, that was a note for, I'm going off till 25. Um, but as you can see, again, you know, this is God. Um, he gives Moses the tablets, and this is sort of a um, break from God giving the direct law. It even says that it could have been it preceded, you know, chapter 20. So um, it's sort of jumping around a little bit in time, but um, overall, the point being, it's pretty awesome too when it says, um, where it talks about in verse 10 of Exodus 24, and they saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone, and it was like a, the very heavens in its clarity. So that's a little glimpse, a little glimpse of heaven, a little taste of heaven, and amazingly, just seeing the Lord in any capacity, even if it's just his feet, you know, and his footstool, that's pretty incredible. And it's exactly consistent with the description of heaven in revelation where it says essentially you know it's such a majestic amazing place that it appears to be just made of all types of exotic beautiful stones sapphire jasper onyx you know all different colors all different amazing structures that we consider you know um very valuable and we would never you know build complete buildings out of certain materials that are described but there's such an abundance in heaven that it's, um, and who knows? I mean, again, if we're very limited in our human flesh to be able to um, see and understand and perceive things, even our minds are very limited in what we, our eyes see and what our brain interprets it as are very, could be two very different things. And our perception also you know, of different situations, both um, mentally or, you know, uh, some people call it your third eye, whatever, you know, just your, um, essentially your, your perception, your perspective on life and your understanding of people, situations and things like that. But um, in heaven, who knows in our glorified bodies, what senses can be aroused, what 
additional colors we may see. Again, our vision right now in humanity is based on three colors. But what if we have a color spectrum that's based on hundreds, thousands, or even, you know, millions of different colors? Then how much more vibrant, how much more um, amazing is that experience going to be, which I believe it will be. Um, we're limited again in our flesh with to the five senses essentially, but imagine again in our glorified bodies, if there's just complete, who knows how many senses we have in that body. And um, it's awesome to think about fun stuff to just, you know, kick around sometimes in conversation. I would give, take a, anything you read that people say they visited heaven, et cetera, et cetera, with a big grain of salt. A lot of people just do that stuff to, you know, write, books and sell books and things like that. But I'm not discounting everybody out there that says that they've had those experiences, but I am saying just be wise, be careful. Again, always weigh everything against the backdrop of the living word of God. If they say things that are inconsistent with the word, for example, then I highly doubt they're telling the truth. Frankly, plainly, that's just all it is. It's right there. So, um, you know, again, we this is a quick little... This Exodus chapter 24 is a bit of a break where, again, um, Moses is, he affirms the covenant and then it talks about Moses bringing, you know, the elders as well as Aaron up to the mountain. But ultimately, Aaron and some of the other elders and, and um, you know, the, the priests or leaders of Israel, but ultimately, again, Moses was the only one allowed to actually enter into the Holy of Holies, if you will, the actual presence of God himself. Um, and that was just a very special reserved place for Moses. And God chose him to, um, you know, convey this law and the, his commandments to the people for good reason. And uh, it, it's, hey, God's God. He can do and say when he pleases, how he pleases, and what he pleases. So we are we are not in position to question God or our creator at all. So I know it's a bit of a brief episode, but um, I just did want to get that out and um, continue our look at Exodus as we continue our look at the Mosaic Law, also known as the Law of Moses. So God bless and have a great day.